Welcome to the One Million Euro Podcast. I'm Aris. I talk to people from the business world about their mission and money and their rise to success. I am welcoming our guests to the studio. Welcome. Introduce yourself. My name is Wiley. I'm, I'm the co-founder. Chief Technology Officer at Vendis. And um, Vendis is a marketplace where hotels and restaurants procure their food raw materials. Thank you for having me, Iris. So how do you come up with this problem for those restaurants for, for Vendis? So, I mean, we, you know, so for all the four founders, we eat out a lot. And um, we encountered a, a particular problem, which is when you get to restaurants, you check the menu and you select what you want, uh, your, your, the menu you want. And the restaurant uh, attendant comes back to you to say, oh, that's not available. And then you pick the next one and say, oh, it's not available. And we're like, wait a minute, what is going on? Like, also, sometimes they offer you stale menu, you know, and that's a big deal because food poisoning, a food poisoning, it's, it's a big deal, right? And so we decided that, you know what, this is a problem that we can't sweep under the carpet. We need to, what is really going on with our restaurants, with our favorite restaurant? And we dive in, we realize that this problem um, is as a result of a number of issues, you know, affecting the food supply chain. And that's how we stumbled on it. And then from we, we, we did a test run with one um, restaurant and it was actually successful. And then from one restaurant to five to 10, and then it became a business. So I found it really interesting that it's more like your when you have your daily encounter, when you go to a restaurant, you yeah. want to eat, you order, and it's not there, it's not there, and not there. Absolutely. Um, and which were the underlying problems which you would see when you were in a researching what was what was stopping that? Yeah, so I mean, uh, so number one problem is um, irregular or unreliable supply to this restaurant. So they have, um, you know, either, so the typical model for restaurants is to have, either have the procurement team internally, and the procurement team would either go to the unstructured market to, pro to procure these raw materials, or they have, a database of suppliers that supply them, right? Or for a, for chain restaurants, you already have the big chain, big chain supply uh, suppliers that also supply them. So we realized that look, if it's so for in, for those who have the internal sub, uh, supply team, there is always the issue of. Um, reconciliation of 
the costs, the invoices, and the receipts. It's not properly documented. Um, and then there is always that dispute. The same thing with those, uh, those restaurants that have sub the, the, the suppliers who supply them. Same thing with the issue of reconciliation, because typically, um, so when they supply, when the suppliers supply, the mm -hmm. restaurant pay back within 14 to 30 days. Typically it's 30 days, right? And then at the point, they never almost pay them back because the conciliation is a big deal, right? And there is that dispute back and forth. And of course, this, the suppliers are disgruntled. And so they say, oh, they severe the relationship and they start, they keep chasing um, their, their payment. And what happens? There is no supply within that period of dispute, right? And yeah. then if restaurants go back to, the default process of getting their staff to procure, the disadvantage with that is they are prone to um, price hike or um, irregular pricing of the, of, of the raw materials. And, and at the same time also, there is no proper record of what was bought and at what price point so that's in a manner that the cost can be factored into the sales. And then you can say, you can know when you are, you are making profits or not, you know. So all of these things are issues. And of course, there is also the issue of fraud, right? You know, somebody somewhere is just adding, is just optimizing to gain to gain from, to benefit from this, this system that is fraught with all issues, you know. So, um, so those are the issues basically that we, we discovered. And how did uh, um, your company then resolve that? So, yeah, so, so what, what we did when we came, when, when, we, uh, when we came in was to, you know, our main targets were the restaurant owners. We were able to pitch our business to them, our value proposition to them in terms of, oh, we, are, we would be able to aggregate all your suppliers in mm -hmm. within our marketplace. And you are still going to buy, you are still going to purchase from them. But let us take, take the pain of having to deal with multiple suppliers away from mm -hmm. you. Right. Yeah. And also in terms of, so we are guaranteeing, so there's something we call Vendis guarantee, which ensures that if we ever supply you any product you, are, you don't like, be it whether it's uh, most likely quality that is not of top quality or to specification that you required, we take, we take such product back at no cost. So we have that <clears throat> vendor's guarantee to our customer. We also ensure that they get the raw materials within the 20, within 12 hours turnaround time, right? And you know, I can say that that has been very consistent since um, we, we started with 24 hours and then we moved to 12 hours and that has been consistent you know, since we started. And our customers are happy with that, 
Now, then we also guarantee um, buy, what, what people know as buy now, pay later today. So you don't have to pay us upfront, right? But we pay, we pay the suppliers or we enter into an agreement with the suppliers that don't worry, supply, we will pay you certainly yeah. in the agreed contract terms. Now, for this, for the restaurants also, we have a contract agreement with them for them to pay us back once they receive the product in the within after 30 days, we get our payments. And that relationship has been developing and uh, you know since 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 that that time. Yeah. Wow. And when you were starting that in the beginning, when you saw that problem, uh, were you doing this alone or how did that go? I mean, you, you, so obviously, I mean, you know, as you know, I have four co-founders. Sunde um, Kara is our co-founder, CEO, Lumide is um, co-founder, COO, Gatsumi, co-founder, chief product officer, and my, myself, um, co-founder, CTO. So the four of us, what we when we when we started, we we understood each person's strengths. So we focus on our core strengths, right? And it was mm -hmm. easy for us to, to to start, you know, on that note, on a very solid footing, right? And um, in terms of partnership, so on the demand side, we we have friends that know somebody that knows somebody that owns a chain of restaurants or or just uh, restaurant. So it was easy for us to also pitch to our initial initial customers. And then because we have the proof of concept, it was also now easy for us to scale as we continue the business. Now on the supply side, um, because the supply side is quite unstructured and what we're doing is to bring some great deal of structure into the food supply chain. Uh, we had to do a bit of work, you know, with on that because uh, we had to get a proper, we have to get some experienced uh, people, hire them, and they basically just, you know, continue, establish relationship, continue the relationship with those suppliers. And, and of course, definitely we have partners in terms of the, uh, the the manufacturers and the um the ag within the agri space uh, agricultural space the farms the mid size and um, um uh, and large scale farmers as well so we, we definitely have such partnership you know both on the demand and the supply side yeah and um <clears throat> So uh, when you started that proof of concept, huh? Yeah. Um, did you need additional financing for that or did you finance it on your own? How did that go for you? Yeah, so of course, um, so, so, you know, when we started, our personal money went into it, right? Um, our savings went into it and... Um, in, in terms of the proof of concept and figuring out what exactly, how we should, what, what kind of model we should run. And then once we're able to, to get past the proof of concept, uh, we raised pre-seed 
um, from family and friends. I mean, we were, uh, we thank God that we 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 have those family and friends that that believe in what we're doing, and they came in as um, as uh, pre-seed investors. And um, yeah, before we now uh, were able to enter into Y Combinator, um, where we were able to then raise our seed round. Yeah. So how much did you raise with family and friends? Um, well, I mean, I, I don't have the number right now, but I, it's a um, few thousands, a uh, few thousands of dollars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To get started. I mean, always you need your first money. Yeah. yeah <laughs> did you say like, okay, we can get started. We can go to the restaurants. We can do the supply. Yeah. We can do that proof of concept. Just a few, because I always notice when I'm talking to founders, just that first money coming in. Mm -hmm. All this is from family and friends. Doesn't matter how much it is, but just that starting point. Yes, absolutely. Um, so with that money, you could do the the proof of concept from family and friends. Yes, yes. And you can start it, and then how did it go for you from there? Uh, did you uh, seek additional in investing from angel investors or other things? So how did it go from there? Yes. Yeah, so um, yes, certainly we. So our target was to enter into an accelerator right so we mm. yes so because we we also understood uh the the importance of going into an accelerator um to a very large extent and i, I mean we had people we, or we have companies and founders who had gone into accelerators you know companies like paystack flutterwave and we knew how that impacted their their businesses you know, to a very large extent. So we also, also you already saw that yes. that the impact that they had already, yes. already at their business when you have an accelerator or yeah. if you don't have one. Sorry, you said what? Uh, so when you saw pesos, like you said, uh, yeah. and you saw that they went to an accelerator. Yeah, yeah. So you could see the impact. Because how much it. Yeah, the impact, what it helps your business, how to grow and see yes, things. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So we saw the impact and we saw the the rate of the rate of growth. So mm -hmm. and we felt like, you know what, we also should. We know that we don't we don't have everything figured out, even at that time. So um, so we just thought of it that it would make sense for us to enter into an accelerator to have uh, to get some sort of um no, yeah, I would say maybe validation, not necessarily validation, but just to have, you know, people who have done it before at global level advising us and just so that we can have more clarity as to how to position the company for growth and for expansion. So that was essentially the motivating uh, uh, factor for us to get into Accelerator. And I, I think after um, the- So how did you go about that? Because now you know, I want to, I have seen the impact of an accelerator with other businesses. We want to do it too. Yes. Yes. So, so, yeah. so it's, it's pretty, I mean, we, we typical, what you do is you find out about the accelerator. How did this person who had done it, how did they do it? What did they do? what did he not do right what did he do right you know 
that sort of thing. So we're fortunate to have those people as friends, right? And I mean, people like Inyaboyeji, Shola Akinla Day of Paystack, Inyaboyeji of Florida Wave. Um, and there is this guy called OO. And we did some mock um, interviews, right? We did some mock interviews. You know, some of the people who had done interviews and were successful were able to interview us and tell us what to, how to pitch your business to to accelerate or because evidently it's at the end of the day it's going to be one percent of the one percent that we're getting eventually you know um so we did that so and eventually we we just applied right yeah and we we went through the series of questions and we provided our answers uh, to them as clear as possible uh, without any sugar coating, you know, it is what we hide is our business, is our data, and we know that, you know, some it has to be something genuine that you are putting forward because if they want proof, you have to present the proof, right? So we did all that. First time we didn't get in. Second time we didn't get in. Third time they said, "Hey guys." Uh, you almost got in. Try again next year. Right, we got that mail. Um, we're like, okay, what do we have to lose? This fourth line, let's just try it. Like, right, there's nothing to lose. Let's try it and let's see how it, how it works. And then we tried it, and boom, we got in to IC. Wow, four times. Yeah, I mean yeah. that yeah. is like a lot of courage and determination <laughs> to because every time you you know you go you have an interview and it does not work out absolutely it, it is hard yes yeah, yeah yeah it, it is and it's it's hard work i must give it to my co-founders for the resilience um i mean we sort of encourage each other you know because it was like you said it was tough, it was tough for us, you know, trying to, we know the, the enormity of the problem we are, we are trying to solve. We, we know that it can scale to multi-billion dollar business, right? And we know, we, we know it, we know it, it was, the feeling was very strong, right? So the question, yeah. <clears throat> would these four guys be able to pull it off? Do they have what it takes to pull it off? Have they mm-hmm. done before? What have they done before? Because at that level, they are really investors are, re- are actually investing not in the business, but the founders. What mm-hmm. can they do? Do they have the hunger to succeed in the face of the very complex nature of the of the problem and the size of the problem they are trying to solve? Do they have the capacity for it? Are they hungry enough for, you know, for the challenge, right? You know, do they have integrity, unity of purpose among the founders? Those are the things that investors want to see at a level. And I believe we're able to convince them that, look, we are united, we are focused, we are coordinated, we are friends first before the business. Um, I mean, we all live within the same area. Uh, Katumi and, and I, 
for instance, we attend the same church. So there is that close closeness among the four of us. And I think uh, the investors saw that. Um, and more importantly, also the business. Uh, there, is, there is a great deal of, uh, of uh, opportunity there, right? And prospects. Yeah. So what is, what I'm just finding out, what was for you the most propelling to, after rejection, still keep the belief in business? Yes. So, yes. So, I mean, it's, I guess it's just the, we had, so for us, we've been in, I mean, some of, all of us, all the four of us are, we've had um, experience in our various uh, career, you know, and um, it was just that, I think it was just a case of we're aligned that we need to solve a problem. We need to focus on a cause that is bigger than us. And we saw that in the problem that we, we are trying to solve through this, And it was just that passion to, to keep pushing, regardless of the challenges. Um, mm -hmm. And then also we, we encouraged ourselves. It's one thing that if, you, if you're just alone, maybe you are a yeah, you are a, a, a founder, just a loan founder, and then you don't have other co-founders co-founder, co to advise, to encourage you, it may be challenging, but we we have each other's back to a very large yeah. You know, when one is down, we try to pull, pull him up, you know, and that sort of thing. I think it was that unity of purpose that kept us going, that we are all for each other at the end of the day. And we just need to keep <clears throat> encouraging us. And it worked for us because when, when we wanted to submit, when we wanted to apply um, the fourth time, the fourth and the last time, we asked ourselves, we had a meeting and said, and we, we, it was a case of, guys, should we do this again? And we're like, okay. Why not? What do we have to lose? It takes how many hours to apply? What are we what are we going to do if we don't do it? What are we going to use that time for? Right. <laughs> it was just that was just and everybody said, okay, let's do it. You know, so it was easy. Unlike if it's a one person's decision, it will be very easy for that person to just wave it aside and say, you know what, I'm not doing this. I'm not having YC uh, stuff again. I'm not going to go through this again. As a matter of fact, when we every time we apply, we apply, we sit down together and figure out what to, to put together in terms of the response to all the various questions that YC will typically ask you. So it was easy. It was not a, a one-man thing. It was a collective yeah. effort. So that, that made it very easy for us. Yeah. Yeah, that's good to hear. It's so important to have, you know, those good co-founder relationships that you can rely on each other as you have each other's back because that helps a lot if you want to grow, of course, really big.
<laughs> in the, your company. So how was it then when you just finally heard that you were in YC and you Man, were in? That was one of the happiest days of my life. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was just a, it was just all joy, all joy among the four of us. You know, it was, it was really was unbelievable interestingly <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> but at the same time we were like yes we put in some work hard work and we deserve this so but i mean it was it was the happiest happiest one of the happiest days of my life to be honest um so and then again after the the what's it called the celebration the reality of what is before us now done on us that the reward for hard work is more work yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah because then everything starts of course because then you're in then the yeah. work starts and it's, yeah, yeah and because then you're in. yes and then you're working of course when i've heard like you're working then to demo day absolutely yes so you work to demo day you have you you would have series of sessions you know well paced though like but there are things that you need to figure out you need to you need to talk to you know why combinator will tell you that talk to your customer talk to your customer talk to your customer so as we talk to customer, there is always something to do, something to do, something to fix, something to figure out. So it was, it was, it was iterative and very challenging. And then it also was also inspiring listening to people who had built multi-billion-dollar businesses, like you know, talking, listening to them, asking them questions, and giving you. Uh, and one of the things I like about YC is they help you to figure out things. They won't tell you this is what you should do, A, B, C, D. They want you to figure it out. And then they will bring out that thing, that that decision that you would not ordinarily have made, they will bring it out of you because they will say, okay, why do you think like this? What do you think you should do? Okay, out of this, what should be what do you think should be your priority? Do you understand? And then yeah. having clarity upon clarity. And then, oh, you say, oh, this is it. You say, ah, okay, okay, okay. And you are better off, you know, thinking yeah. like walking through your process like that. As again, somebody saying, oh, somebody is talking from his own frame of reference and just giving you like, this is it, do this. And if it doesn't work, you feel like, mm, maybe I shouldn't have taken that advice. You know, that, that sort of thing. So that sense of ownership, they make you to, they allow you to have that sense of ownership because it's your company. And they will tell you that, look, you know your company more than us. You know your business environment more than us. So there is a limit to what the advice you can give. But we can give you resources, which by the way they have, right? They can open doors to partner, strategic partnership, um, networking, and of course, fundraise. Yeah. 
Yeah, so were you there live? Um, no, 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 because uh, it was during COVID, so we're mm -hmm. not, was virtual, so we did virtual. It's a virtual one. And um, because this is what I just hear a lot with, with YC, that they say, like, you know, of course, you know the best because it's your company. They give the resources and, and the insight. And also that you need then also to figure out which are the most important things to do. Yes. Uh, because you cannot do everything that's on your list. That, that That's true. That's true. You can't. I mean, for us, yes. But I mean, for us, we 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 had that clarity before um, pre YC, so it mm -hmm. was just uh, it was easy for us because we had that uh, clarity from YC that this is what we want to do. Um, it was just also trying to give better clarity to what we are doing, so that uh, be it the investors or the customers or the part potential partners are able to understand us. Uh, maybe even from the elevator pitch, right? That this is what this is all about. This is what we are doing and sticking to it, right? Because yeah. we validated it. Because it's very easy for you to, 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 to veer off your original course, right? Very easy. Especially when you've raised money, uh, you've raised funds and, you know, people just come with all sorts of advice and then you just feel like everything looks like, oh, this, this makes sense. This one makes sense. That one makes sense. And then before you know it, you bear. But that didn't, we never allowed that to happen to us. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, I can understand. Because you need to have a clear communications to what you're doing to your customers, what you're doing to the investors. And it is can be a variation, of course, of uh, things you're saying. So when Demo Day came, um, did you raise capital during that um, uh, day? Uh, so, so demo day, we didn't raise capital on demo day, uh, but we got a lot of interests, and and we've raised substantial part of our seed prior to demo day. Interestingly, because a lot of investors found us out even right um, in YC prior to demo day, they started reaching out to us. And on demo day, we got a lot of interest from investors. Then we now schedule, um, what's it called? In, uh, meetings to, with mm -hmm. those investors. And at some point we got, I think about two weeks to demo, uh, two weeks after demo day, we got all we needed and we just rejected some other other investors like we got so how much did you need it 3.2 we eventually raised 3.2 million dollars 3.2 million dollars that's a lot of money yeah <laughs> I mean, it, is. I mean, it is an amount and this is how i feel like you can you can respond to that that's a really good amount to start off you know uh the company so 3.2 million is still that you say like well well done yeah yeah absolutely and how much did you raise then prior to demo day already then from investors? Um, so, I mean, like I said, it was just family and friends. Uh, so, okay, prior to demo day, I can't remember, but I know that um, it, was, it was within the range of, say, um, a million to, I can't, I can't remember clearly, but 
was within a million a million range i i think so i can't remember right now mm-hmm. yeah, yeah but, but it's still substantial um yes. like if it's about a million yes uh, it was still enough a lot of money to start and i'm just wondering um the other co-founders what kind of background do they have yes yeah, so sunday uh co-founder ceo uh used to work at red media is a is one of uh the best guys in uh, the media space in Africa, um, you know, having worked with Ringier and also I read media as CEO before resigning to uh, to start Fendi's with us. Um, Olumide Fayakin is our chief operating officer, co-founder, um, used to work with Statecraft which is like the, um, it's like the political media, political, I, I would say political media comes arm of red media, red media, and used to be the CEO coordinating campaign for um, head of state, uh, presidents, uh, presidents would, uh, presidential candidates in africa so he was he was the coo and then before he resigned to also f- join us to you know to start vendis gatsumi used to be the chief product officer at 54 gene um 54 gene is a is the genomic startup you know um so he was c cpo there at 54 gene before he started, Gatsumi, um, Gatsumi was was trained as a doctor. He had his things in um, in the US. Um, before coming back home to join the startup ecosystem, and then started with Fifty Four Gene, and then resigning to also coming to 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 form Vendis. And of course, myself, my background is in IT. I started off as a software developer um, before setting up an IT firm that used that is um, an IBM partner in West Africa, um, and then of course before I joined my guys to start Vendis. Yeah, so that's that's our background. Yeah, it sounds like a really strong team with everybody having really good expertise on different fields which you know in a business. Yes. Uh, to go forward. And that's, I think, is really important. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, when you then, like, raise the capital um, after uh, YC, so you got started, what were the first things you were doing after raising that first uh, 3 million? So, yeah, so, um, I mean, the, the first thing, of course, is to um go back to customers the customers and really talk to them we celebrated with them because they made us to raise the fund based on what we've been able to do with them and we've shown customers uh, we've shown potential investors who then later be, uh, be, became the investors we showed them and we, we announced to to them right that oh guys, this is what has happened. Thank you. And then we dived into, we already knew what we wanted to 
use the money for right and we just and essentially is focused around build, building a better customer experience in terms of supply product availability um having a um fulfillment center to get better turnaround time in our delivery um like i said earlier product availability key hires you know just to make sure that our supply our customers and suppliers are happy to continue to work with us and this essentially those are the things that we raised the money for right so we're able to deploy uh that funding because after you've raised see raising a fund is not it's not the end of it because mm -hmm. you want to use it you want to leverage the fund very well so that you can grow and um, be able to showcase that look we are onto something you know to the existing investors and um, prospects prospective investors as well so um, yeah because you go when you uh, fundraise are there only um do you pitch alone or do you go together or do you go as a whole group what is for you guys the best thing so we, because there was covid around that time so and there was there was restriction, so we didn't go anywhere. We just pitched on Zoom, and we yeah. had we had couple of calls, like no, not actually couple. We had like hundreds of calls, you know, with investors. So all of all, so essentially, is typically Olumide and Tunde that typically pitch to investors. Then when it comes to when the maybe it's the second or third cause, investors want to see all the, the rest of the founders. Mm -hmm. So we we all just come in, right? And then sometimes they ask us, oh, we'd like to hear from your chief product officer. Oh, we'd like to hear from your chief technology officer. Mm -hmm. And then we just talk about the business from our own side of things. And you know, just the investor will definitely have an understanding of um, the, the kind of team we have in place, yeah. Yeah, because nowadays, of course, with Zoom and video things online, we can do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's possible from your home just to pitch there and get yeah. everybody round up. That is always an advantage as well, of course, you know, yeah. that is yeah. possible. Yeah. So when um, you transitioned, you know, you had the first three million, you did the things you needed to do, what kind of was the vision afterwards what Vendias wanted to achieve? Yeah, so for us, it's very simple to automate food supply. How from the point of production to the point where the actual food is served. So that's the vision and that's, 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 the, that's the mission, right? And we are very bullish in pursuing it you know so we want to automate everything so that the efficiency that we need that that ecosystem need is being brought to it because there's a lot of wastage going on within the food supply chain um and it's also so there is wastage which most of the time um, contribute to the hike in food prices, right? You know, 
and um, food prices. So you talk about logistics, talk about the multiple layers of middlemen that you go through before you actually get the, the food. food. Um, so that contributes to a whole lot of um, the, the hike that we see. So we want to be able to automate. It's just like how the banking industry worked where everything is, you know, is moving digitally. And that's the sort of, we want to build a chain within the Africa food um, supply chain. And a chain that is resilient, that is very uh, efficient. It's like something that just works without any human inter intervention. It's quite ambitious, but we are very um, in, in solving it, in seeing to how it's delivered. And um, when you have the supply chain, are you working in one country or more countries? So currently we work in two countries and 10 cities. So that's Nigeria and Ghana. Mm -hmm. Nigeria and Ghana. Yes. Yeah, you were working there. And uh, so if you look at the restaurants now, how, um, how do they respond to you and what you are now serving them? Yeah, so, I mean, the response has been great. Um, and we've got feedback, a lot of feedback from the restaurants in terms of, oh, your business model has helped us to grow from one restaurant to two, to three, to four. Oh, your business model has helped us to be very profitable. Oh, your business model has helped us to get our, our staff to focus on our core business and leaving the non-core, like going to the market to procure food to companies like you. So there is that focus, you know, that has made them to be more efficient, deploying staff to where they can be very efficient and productive, right? So we've gotten this feedback. And we've also gotten the feedback of, oh, this is what you can do better. This is what we want you to also help us achieve, right? Mm -hmm. So we've also gotten that, uh, those feedback. And if you just look back at your journey and also for other founders who are starting out, what would be your main lesson to give to them? Yeah, so um, I'll say that they should not focus on fundraise. Um, you know, they should first of all focus on the the business, the problem, understanding the problem, and how do you understand the problem? Talk to your customers every time. Talk to your customer. Don't assume. Don't assume that you 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 know the problem without talking to the people who are who are affected, who are bearing the pain points, you know, because it is then that you have clarity of how you should, you, you can help them and what you should build. We have to build what customers want, not what we think they want. And mm -hmm. don't waste, don't spend too much time fundraising. Like have a time frame, have a window. And once it's closed, get back to business, get back to work, right? And uh, 
and don't raise too much money because when we started and, and especially as siege a lot of people wanted to give us money that we had to reject because we felt like this the the amounts we've raised now would take our wrong way to a point where we can we can be very comfortable so there's no point raising more money at that time so we stop and we just focus on because and then fundraising can be very tiring and distracting you know so if you spend too much time talking to investors and you are not talking to your customer then you know you already know the kind of results you are going to get so i would advise them that they should as much as they want to race they should not spend too much time uh, racing and then the second advice i would give is um have co-founder relationship is very strong is very important mm -hmm. right um go into the business with someone you know that you are very comfortable with that you have relationship with because if you don't have that the co-founder disputes can derail the business can can um it can potentially uh, distract the company and you don't want that right so you need to be very sure about the person in the event that you have so you don't really have relationship with such person try and get references uh from for, for on such people uh references from the previous employer you know somebody will know somebody right that mm -hmm. knows that know the co-founder that know him or her you know and for for us also, what we did was we were able to. So, for instance, some of us are, for all of us are married. Um, proud to this, one of only three of us were married. Um, you know, um, so we our wives are also um, quite close. So that's that bonding is there. So you need to get to that level of that level of of friendship, right, with your co-founder because. This is the person that you are going to spend the most important part of your life with because you are not going into that business to, to say, hey, in the next few months, you are quitting or you are dissolving it. You know that this is something that is going to last and even outlive you. So you want to be sure of the person you are, you are, you are, you are doing the business with. So that's also very important. And then the third one would be that um be people focused like the people you other people you are working with your colleagues your staff um you know be people focused um in terms of your culture your value communicate your value your culture very clearly you know to to staff so that they can imbibe it and inspire them with your leadership you know by by doing one of the things that we know we do best is to handhold our, our staff to some extent to the point that they are able to, to do a lot of things on their own. Because what we do, um, you know, when people come into Vendis, they would never have done what we want them to do or what we ask them to do. So they because, I mean, we are doing something that has never been done before on the side of the planet. So uh, we know that, and we are very adventurous. So we want our staff to be adventurous. And so we, 
we sort of like um, also pass that down. Um, and of course, with um, empathy, driving excellence, taking ownership, and um, and also having mutual respect for each other. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you said, you know, the, to inspire with your leadership, what you're doing, because you, it hasn't been done in that part of the planet. Yes. I really love that. You, know? <laughs> you have big things that you haven't seen it yet, and you have to inspire people through that to see like, wow, look what's possible. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you so much for this interview. I just love talking to you. Yes, about the amazing you things me. you're doing there. Thank you. I appreciate it. This was an episode of the One Million Euro Stories. There is a new world to unlock. Let's believe. Let's be bold. Let's be fierce. Let us open a new door. I am Aris from the One Million Euro Stories. Thank you for listening. And if you want to make sure that you know when a new episode comes out from the One Million Euro Stories, click on subscribe on your podcast app. And you will be notified when a new episode comes out. Thank you for listening. And I will see you next time.